Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is What Happens When Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Wayne Joseph. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another episode of What Happens When Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Kevin Wayne Joseph. And today we have my sister from another mother. <laughs> we both went to Xavier together. That's where we met. Um, she has been an extremely close friend to me over the years. One of my road dogs, one of the people you can call about any and everything. She's going to give it to you straight. She's going to give it to you real. She has had a lot of challenges in her life, as all of us have, but she never gave up. She continued to persevere and push through. Everybody wants y'all to welcome Miss Paige Charday Johnson. Say hey to the people, my girl. Hey, people, not the whole government name. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, I'm Paige. And like he said, I'm, you know, I'm Paige. That's that. That's that. Um, I don't know. Where do you want me to start? You know, so what we're going to do today, um, Paige has a unique story. I feel like it's very unique because I've been, we've been part of each other's lives since Xavier, right? Uh, I believe 2012, 2013, we officially got like real close, started to, you know, understand each other's backgrounds and uh, our ideas moving forward in life. And we all have that same similar success path. We know what we want to do in life. We know what it is. And sometimes we just have trouble getting there at times. So I want you to start with your story. Talk about your first job out of college and some of the things that you went through that are preparing you for where you are now. Yeah. So like Kev said, we went to Xavier together. We were both in the division of business. Um, Kev, I think was finance. I was sales and marketing. So the path was always to go into marketing, um, preferably in media, because that's what I loved. And know all things like entertainment culture lifestyle but to be honest with you like being from the south and being in the south is not a lot of opportunities from that if you want to stay in the south so um I ended up what do you know a unique opportunity to do a post-grad program um with some media sales type things and I figured like okay if I can just get in the door I can start learning this media world and figure out what I really want to do so that's how I ended up in Vegas at a broadcast station selling commercials and digital marketing um, for that broadcast station. It was a Fox affiliate. So, you know, I know we all go to Vegas um, to have fun and things, but Vegas is really boring. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, it's very boring and there's not a lot of Black people there. So being super Southern girl, you know, moving halfway across the country three months after I graduated, um, taking this big girl job, and it's like, you know, felt unstoppable and life hit. Um, I had a super ghetto breakup and like that breakup, that first breakup that just really shake you up and me starting my career all the way out there by myself. Like I didn't balance it that well. I didn't love what I was doing. I hated selling. Like I hated cold calling. Like all of that didn't fit me. I'm like, please let me do something else. But to be honest, I was making some really good money and you know, felt like, all right, if I can thug it through here for two or so years, I can get out of there. Nah, mm -mm. one summer was all it took. And when it was time for contract renewal, I decided to come home. So I came home to Houston, kind of chill for about a month and a half. Harvey hit, so things was kind of slow. Um, and then I took a job at the Houston Chronicle. Did not want to go back into sales, but the easiest way to get into any type of media marketing organization is to come through the sales organization because they love you know, people that are hungry, go-getters that really want some money. You can learn a product. You can sell a product. Like, as long as you got that in you that you want to hustle, you can do all right in sales. I just didn't want to do it. 
Because selling newspaper in 2017, 2018, it just, it was not my thing. Like, the accounts that I had, they were, like, small. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, damn, I really got some skills. And I'm over here mocking up print ads for what? Like, I'm not rocking with this. And the money was not great. Not what I was accustomed to. I'm like, I can go back and bartend if I'm going to do this. Um, But... You know, some things that we hold internally find a way to manifest themselves um, into our experience. So I, I was, I was trying to figure out how to leave. I was when I signed on, they gave me a guarantee, and I had to stay an entire year to not have to pay that guarantee back. So I was counting down the days, like, okay, I can leave December second. That's going to be a year and one day. Like I can leave that day. I don't give a damn about that commission check. I don't want to be here no more. Well, three weeks before that, I got laid off laid off with a beautiful severance package and I wasn't even tripping you know it was like a shock like damn because that week was just uh but this is a job that literally like I hated it so much like I would get sick mm-hmm. like I just ugh, I hated that job so with me getting laid off you know I had some money stacked my sec I said my severance package was nice I did collect my little unemployment so. <laughs> 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 I collected my check but then I got very very specific about what I wanted to do and I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I got three years of marketing under my belt, like three years of selling media, selling these media plans, these marketing campaigns, like anybody would want to hire me, like anybody would want to hire me. Three months went by, eh. six months went by, a year went by, and it was just like nothing was biting. And I couldn't figure out like redoing my resume myself, paying people to do my resume, and even like, damn, well, I guess I'll just go back into sales because at this point, I need some money. Like, this not even cool no more that, you know, thank God that I got a brain so I could, you know, I'm, a, I'm always hustling and have something in my pocket, but not for me to live the way I want to live, especially when I had a complete vision of it and I've been there before. So we're talking, I got laid off in 2018, beginning of 2020, I'm still out here applying the 25 35 jobs a day and i'm hustling writing papers i'm doing damn website copy i'm building plans i'm doing some social media things like just really out here freelancing and grinding and i'm like this is insane like i shout out to all the entrepreneurs because i don't know how y'all do it i it was not for me like i just it was just too much going on like yes i really really enjoyed my freedom but in the midst of all of that I needed some more money. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I wanted a corporate check. Like I needed some money, um, some real money and like some guaranteed money. Like I, didn't, <laughs> right. I, just, I wasn't trying to be like, I didn't want to do that. Like that just, ugh. and you know, everybody around me kind of, I think starts speak like, okay, Paige, like what is it really? Like, are you being lazy? Like you, but I couldn't even explain to people like, I know what I want to do. And I know I can't just do anything like how people can get up and just go get a check and hate that. I can't do it. I won't do it. I'm going to quit or I'm going to, I'm not going to perform well just because I don't want to be there. And, you know, I, I looked up in the process of all this. I decided, well, hell, I'm going to go to law school. Let's see. I'm a little about two and a half years of me being unemployed. We're like super duper ghetto. Um, I was in the midst of like studying for my LSAT made a really high score, got everything ready to, you know, go ahead and apply. And then in the back of my head, I'm thinking, damn, I don't want to be a broke college student again. Like, that's not, that's not my ministry no more. Like, I have this whole vision of my life and I feel like law school was a track to that. And it just, 
it just somebody in my spirit at that time was like, no, not yet. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And everybody around me, Kev, you included, had like, I'm talking about through bread my way to help me pay for like um, my LSAT prep classes and a law school prep coach and like all of these things. And I'm like, damn, I have all of this investment into this and I really don't even want to do it right now. I am going to do it. Just <laughs> not right now. Like I need some different circumstances. I want to do some more things. I like working. And even with that, um, in those two and a half years, like just life, life was hitting. So in the midst of that, like life, I'm like you said, some that would make you not want to get up the next one or some things that I don't think the closest people people to me even know what was really going on. Like, just because I just couldn't, like, it's just mm-hmm. too much. It was mm-hmm. just too much. Um, but towards towards the end of 2020, I landed a really good client, an entertainment lawyer um, in LA. And, you know, it started as me just doing some marketing things for him here and there, it turned into me basically running everything about the firm that wasn't legal and you know love that love doing the work but I knew there was more purpose and what I can do um he has a beautiful mission for the law firm and you know supporting creators of color and protecting the IP and all of those things and you know I have my own mission where I want us to create opportunities for people I want people to be seen and I want us to be compensated correctly for what we do and trying to figure out what that was going to look like with me trying to go into this marketing world with agencies that you know, they have the black initiative and you have your African-American customer. And I'm like, well, hell, they need somebody authentic in there anyway. So, you know, so I like, I worked at an influencer agency for like two weeks. Did not work because cap, they just were full cap and I couldn't be <laughs> part. <laughs> um, and so in 2021, no, I'm lying. No, 2022, um, it got to where I just like, I just needed more, like a whole lot more, just more and I literally woke up one day like damn like I just this not working for me like I need more like I was you know by that time I was bringing in some consistent bread but technically I'm still unemployed so there's that um so I'm starting applying again to agencies to different companies that I would want to work in and marketing I'm like okay I did all these freelance things I did some projects I got shit to show now like I did some things on my own I'm talking about I'm going through five, six rounds of interviews and getting down and then they choose somebody else. This shit that makes no mo- no sense, no sense, no sense at all. Um, I ended up landing a job as a account manager, project manager at an agency here in Houston. Um, I quit on my first day because I didn't tell you that. I think you did. I think you did, but um, and I don't this, think we went into details about it. Yeah, and this is like, so my mom, me and my grandmother were living in... A house that belonged to my mom and we were just you know paying the mortgage with whatever and my mama decided to sell the house and at that point I'm like you know I love my granny that is my bestie but I'm like damn I'm 26 27 like I miss being in my own space I had my own apartment from when I was 20 years old like I want to be in my own space again mm-hmm. so then it got crucial like all right this 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 money not enough I need more money um so got down to it got then I'm talking about my cover letter is so crisp, it probably can make it to the Library of Congress. Like, it's just, <laughs> I'm like, nah, like, I really need this now. Like, I need to land a job. So, I, mama told me she was selling the house in May. So, I started going stupid crazy. And we knew that the house was going to sell quick just because of the market. So, I ended up with this job at this agency. 
And it was like a hybrid position. I've been, you know, my freelance stuff I'm doing at the house. I went my first day, office full of white women. And I guess they were, you know, they focused on like nonprofits and you learn like some biotech type things. But it's just like the way that there was one nonprofit in particular and they said something about the nonprofit serving at-risk kids. And that just like immediately pissed me off. I'm like, bro, what? Like, what are you saying? <laughs> what? Um, so needless to say, I quit my first day. And this is when I needed money. Like it was a it was a nice salary, what I thought was a nice salary. And I just I couldn't. And this is me knowing that, damn, I it was the middle of June and me knowing like by my mama is telling me by the end of July, I need to be out this house. Like I have to find somewhere to go. So whatever, that was whatever. I uh, I was fucked up about it for all of like 24 hours that I did that. Cause I just, it couldn't even make sense to me that I was like, I just walked away. I just walked away. Like knowing that I needed a job, but mm-hmm. it didn't right. And I had that feeling when I got home, I was aggravated. I was like, there is no way that I'm gonna be able to do this. Like there's just no way. So, you know, I just, Stepped out on faith and kept applying, kept applying. I get on LinkedIn one day doing my regular morning things of applying. In the midst of this, I'm interviewing with another agency. And I didn't got to six rounds of interviews from a person that does my position all the way up to the CEO of the company for them to tell me that they're putting the hiring on hold. And I knew what that meant. I'm like, okay. All right. Also, I'm interviewing for interviewing with a law firm for a um, business development and marketing position, which was what I was doing at the entertainment law firm mm-hmm. in Houston. Salary was good. It was going to be hybrid. Wasn't really rocking with that, but I'm like, whatever, it's good money. I'm going through it, going through it with them, just applying, just really making sure. But I always had this, this vision of what I want to really do in my head. So I get on LinkedIn, do my little one, two in the morning. I see, you know, Essence needing a temporary Essence magazine, a digital account manager remote. I filled it, you know, I filled out the application, uploaded, you know, could you crafted my resume letter to, you know, really kind of reflect the job and my skills and all of those synergetic things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I sent it just like I sent everything else. By this time, I had talked to a recruiter at Spotify, Sephora. Like, I felt myself getting up there. I just didn't know where I was going to land. Mm-hmm. I got an email from HR Essence that next week. What well, was two weeks later? And I was like, okay. And she was like, you know, can we hop on a call? You know, give me your availability. So I text my cousins in the group message. I'm like, y'all, I got an interview with Essence. And, you know, I hadn't told anybody I applied because I've been applying so much. Like, I had lost count. I know I looked at my LinkedIn and in between 2018 when I got laid off to when I had applied, when I got the job at Essence, I, I think I had applied to like over 630 jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's perseverance. Right. That is perseverance. Um, so I I interviewed with the HRIS. Um, she told me they basically need somebody's him because they had somebody out on maternity leave. It would be like a six to eight week contract, and you know, had something if something changed, they would extend the contract. Whoop de whoop. It was, you know, good hourly cool. I ended up talking to um the director of the team the next week. And this, I talked to her on a Tuesday at five or a Monday at five. That next day, I'm sitting in the living room talking to my granny and I see a New York number calling me. And I was like, granny, stay right here. And I put the phone on speaker. 
And they're like, you know, whoop -whoop, we want to have you, you know, come on to the organization to take this digital account manager role. Um, do you want to do it? Can you start on Monday? Now, at this time, this is the last week in July. So I'm literally packing up the house and moving out. Like, I hadn't had anything figured out. So I'm like, shit, I'm just going to move to my stepdad's house, put my stuff in storage and figure it out from there. Um, so I'm packing up, moving the house. I get a call that I'm starting on this is Monday. And I threw a big party at the house that Friday. Shout out to everybody that came and party. And that was that. So this was supposed to be an eight week, eight week type of contract. My third day, um, I hammered out a million dollar media plan. But you know, going to work for Essence is black owned. It's a black owned company that caters to black women. So like, perfect spot. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm just doing my thing. The girl that was on maternity leave that I was covering for, she came back early. So presumably there was really no need for me on the team anymore because she came back mm-hmm. like, but we had to send out the end, you know, see out through the end of my contract. So, you know, I'm just doing my thing. Like I'm working on beauty accounts, McDonald's accounts, um, entertainment accounts. Like I'm just floating around the way, like kind of just serving as like support, but really at the mid, like at the same time, like I'm gonna show y'all what I could really do so, doing everything with excellence. You know, Xavier says, Misha says excellence is the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the standard. So doing all of that about uh, probably two weeks before my contract was supposed to be up. Then Monday, somebody on the team decided to leave. That next day afternoon, uh, the director asked me, she, would you be interested in full-time opportunities? And I'm like, hey, yeah, like, Man, don't play with me with it. You know I'm here. <laughs> you know why I showed up. Like, all I need is let me in. Let me in. I'm a big one. Um, and the next day they offered me with a full-time position. And I was talking to the girl that came from attorney leave and other people on the team, and they were telling me how it was like weeks and rounds of interviews. And I'm like, sure, I had two interviews, and I started next week. Like, it was super easy for me. Um and when I got that salary offer, it was the highest salary offer that I had ever had. But I still negotiated a little bit of my money because don't play with it three times. Um, there you go. I still was gone. You know, y'all have to add a little rest on there because I already can't be here show y'all what I can do. And, you know, with the vision that I had in line for myself and the accounts that I ended up with. So I managed the Coca-Cola, part of the Coca-Cola portfolio. And that being, you know, that's the sponsor of Essence Fest. So you can just imagine what the spin level is mm-hmm. for that account. Mm-hmm. And me being as young as I am, me really not had had a full-time job rolling damn near three years. And I started this job two months later, I'm managing these, this account along with all of these finance, insurance, and entertainment accounts. Like, it just turned into that. And then, you know completely love the entertainment lawyer that I work with and the law firm. So me still staying on there and helping out there and being a part of what he's doing because it's been embedded into my life. And then coming to the conclusion, like, damn, everything I thought I needed to go to law school for, it's just kind of working out. Like I know some lawyers in, in the industry, like I got these account management, creative project manager type skills. Like I know how it works and kind of just putting myself in position to really do what I want to do and to get paid to do it and do it with something with so much purpose. Like 
it's so much purpose in it and it's so much passion. Like, you know, I work until I work until 10 o'clock sometimes and that makes absolutely no sense, like truly, but I literally love what I do. And I think about all those those jobs and interviews that did not happen, that a few of them, yes, I was crushed about, like, because it's like, damn, I'm this close. But all of them, all of those no's and all those other things, it turned into me just being in position and being ready for that spot right there. Like all of those no's got me right there because if I would have got that job here, got that job there, I would have never applied to Essence. You know, like if I hadn't did this and did that and really know what I wanted to do, like I would not have gotten there. But, you know, my grandmother's prayers and carried me a long way. And I knew what I wanted to do. And I held on to that, even when it didn't look like it, even when it's like, damn, Paige, you just need to take a job. Like, stop being picky. You just need to take a job. Like, you cannot have your way. I, I got to no, I'm having my way. Um, And I stood on that. So it worked out. You know, you, you gave everything that I was going to ask you about in one sitting, in one session. I don't even have... Uh... The other follow-up questions. It was this was beautiful. It was perfect. What you said at the very end about all those no's, all those rejections, things you were being crushed about, mm -hmm. it worked out in the end. It worked out as you kept persevering because you didn't quit and give up. You said you had applied to over six hundred thirty jobs from the time uh, to from two thousand seventeen up until now. Six hundred people give up after you know three, four not answering, or you going through so many rounds of um, interviews and things like that. People will just quit and give up and say, I need something now. I need something quit. So they go back to what they know, which is not necessarily their standard. Well, right. one of the greatest things about you is you kept persevering. You set your standard and you made the image of yourself that you see in your head a reality. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, we, we, every, each person has that ability, but you determine how far you go. You determine the level of difficulty you're willing to deal with in order to make sure that this happens. Now, right now, your new spot, gorgeous location, beautiful view. Um, and this is all just birthed out of, this is how I see myself. A lot of people in this world don't see themselves higher. They only see what their job allows them to see, what their pockets allow them to see. You were in a place where your pockets and your your environment around you were not conducive to who you are. I'm talking like literally in my childhood bedroom, like granted, it was still alive. I'm always going to have a vibe, but <laughs> in the room that I was in when I graduated from high school, like, I'm like, do we even know what that shit really feel like when I moved, you know, from the house, not knowing if Essence was on, you know, take me full time, my stuff in the storage. I'm at my stepdad's house sleeping in my little sister's bed. Like, Really, awesome. like, awesome. like, no, I'm gonna do what I gotta do because I know this is temporary. Um, this is extremely temporary, and you know, as far as pushing through the difficulties, I realized that it didn't have to be difficult, and like, just to allow it in my life and to like choose the easy way, like, choose what really felt right, like, going forward felt right, and that's been my thing. Like, if it don't fit. As soon as I'm have, done having fun with it, I'm done with it. Like whatever these drugs did, but like really going what felt right to me, what I could feel in my spirit and in my stomach, like mm-hmm, and being like nauseous. I was like mm-mm, get somebody else. Um, and and ooh, just holding on to it, like seeing it, 
when nobody else you care about nobody else seeing it because whatever but it's not their life it's yours it's mine me seeing it me knowing it and you know the where i came from and that i went through i was not supposed to make it here um truly i was not um it's there's some things that happen that it's like there's no way i'm gonna shake back from that like what the hell Mm. but but like just being so very very unyielding being very tenacious um being damn near delusional okay that's look look yeah you <laughs> we know we know because what it looked like and what i wanted was one like mm-hmm. it be like literally seeing it like this place like i saw it like this couch i looked at this couch before i even moved out of the house like before i had even started with essence looked at this couch and was like i want that mm-hmm. and i got that and me seeing me get everything i want down to the most minuscule details because i did not say no i would not let people tell me no i was not gonna let the world tell me no i was not gonna let people close to me far from me tell me no or tell me what i can't do or what i should do like no i'm doing my way hard head been getting my ass whooped since i was looking <laughs> hard head i'm gonna do what i want to do but it 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 just there there's benefits from that mm-hmm and you know, and me having just support circle, um, and friends that let me be delusional about the things and believed in me when I could not believe in myself, like spoke life into me. Kev, how many times have I called you and just like, bro, I don't know, like it just called you crying because you know I don't cry often, I don't do that too much, but called you crying because I just couldn't and felt like it was a log in my chest. Then you know, just my best friend like literally just laying in her lap and crying because it just didn't make sense to me and mm-hmm. you know, y'all continuously speaking life into me like when I couldn't y'all seeing it for me when I couldn't see it and when it happened like yes everybody was super proud of me but you know wasn't surprised right nobody was just surprised right real life. like nah and look 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 you call you call and you was like, yo, I got the offer. I got this and that. And it brought me on full time. And it's kind of anticlimactic because I know you. I know what you're capable of. So when you achieve certain things, I'm like, yeah, that's that's you. That's what you do. You know, some other people, they'll look at it like, oh, are y'all really happy for me? That wasn't that much excitement. You understand who you are. You understand what you do. You understand where you're going. A lot of people don't. And the the real the reason for this podcast is to connect people that know where they're going, know what they're doing, and they're getting results so other people can hear them that are on that journey that you just got out, out of, so to speak. So we're coming to a close. Uh, I have this question on the podcast I always ask. Um, we have recently crossed over into 8 billion people on this earth. Uh, possibly two weeks ago, India became the most populous country with 1.42 billion people. If you had the opportunity to speak to all 8 billion people about grit, about tenacity, about perseverance, and the pursuit of what you want in your dream, what would you share with them? It's in you, not on you. 
it's in you. If it's in you, it's in you. Like if you see it, if you feel it, it don't matter what's going on around you. It does not matter if it's if it's in you, not on you. And it's in you for you to make it be on you. And just keep pushing. Like hold on to it. Hold on to that vision tight. Tight. Sometimes I realize that we be that we chase the light when we in the dark place, not realizing that we have to create the light. And what we us chasing the light, the light is in us. You know, and just tap in with yourself for that. Like tap in and figure out what you really want to do. What is all working backwards? This is what I want to do. So to get there, I need to do X, Y, Z and feel like X, Y, Z and start making these daily changes, change, making these daily thoughts, like telling myself these things, retiring that old ass story because it don't even work anymore. Like I need to work backwards to get where I want to be because I see it. So what do I need to do? What makes sense for me to be there? And go with that. Go with your big move. I love that. I love that. Actually, when you when you said that, when you answered that question, it is in you, not on you. My internal light lit up. Because like you said, you know, you know what it's like when you're trying to, you have your job, you're trying to do your entrepreneurial thing. It's not easy. Most of the people around us are not doing this. Most of the people are not. Um, we, we didn't see this growing up. Like, mm -hmm. let me take your hand and you just grow up in this, you know, uh, more is caught than is taught. So Miss um, mm -hmm. Page, y'all, Sade Fears. <laughs> so y'all um uh pace let everyone know where they can find you at to contact you because your your story is truly truly amazing um let everybody know your instagram facebook things like that linkedin also um so my instagram is p.charday c-h-a-r-d-a-y and i'm on linkedin page johnson there's a little picture of me and something that says essence communications there um yeah so you can find me all right. And, anybody about anything. All right. And there you have it. You guys, this has been What Happens When Podcast. Remember, it is in you, not on you. If you keep going, hold on tight to that dream. Please hold on tight to that dream because it is necessary that you have it. It's necessary that you fulfill it. It is necessary that other people see you living in your light and shining bright. Because just like uh, Marianne Williamson said in uh, Our Deepest Fear, the poem, your light unconsciously give others the right to shine just as bright. So y'all, once again, this has been What Happens When Podcast. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Enjoy. See y'all next week.